Hello, listeners. On quote unquote with KK, we come back with uh, one more exciting episode on future of impact capital markets. I have uh, Preet Gowder, who is director at uh, Palladium Impact Capital. If you remember, Palladium used to be uh, the leaders in uh, Balance Cocard. However, Palladium has grown over the years, and uh, I remember working with Palladium when I was implementing um, world's largest uh, Balance Cocard at Saudi Aramco, which was rolled out to over 150,000 employees way back in the early part of this century. Uh, I'm glad to have uh, Preet um, on the show today. Preet comes with over 17 years of impact uh, capital investments, and he's worked uh, at uh, Palladium Impact Capital, which used to be include. And prior to that, um, Preet worked in India with Low Capital, which is uh, one of India's foremost uh, impact uh, capital fund. Preet comes with uh, uh, BS in um, engineering from uh, Georgia Tech University and an MBA from Kellogg's Northwestern University. So welcome Preet uh, to the show. Before I let you start, I would just like to make a few announcements. Um, we welcome our audience and listeners from Z5 and other platforms across the world. Uh, the second announcement is that um, currently our podcast goes from India to over 175 million audiences across the world. We welcome your feedback and your encouragement, and we continue to have uh, your uh, presence on our show. And this motivates us to go even uh, bringing better content and discussions across various topics on socio-political issues, political issues, and what have you. <clears throat> The reason we selected this topic today and had Preet was a couple of weeks back, uh, Amnesty International in India had their accounts freeze, frozen and they cannot operate in India. This sort of political and other interference and uh, their transparency has led doubts about what is philanthropy and impact investing and venture philanthropy and what have you. Just recently, uh, we had uh, been working on, personally have been working on uh, the social stock exchange regulation in India. And uh, Oxfam CEO went against an initiative like this. We, we don't understand why, but he has his own reasons. And Oxfam International just released a report a few days back stating that uh, India is amongst the lowest four healthcare spenders in the world, particularly very important during these times of COVID and policy making around healthcare and healthcare spending, which is a subject that is very close to me. However, that's not uh, the, the main motive and the politics of uh, investing and interference of philanthropy in India. We are here to talk about how do we, in these current times and in future, bring social impact equality and all the social issues through impact capital on the ground and make it happen in India. 
So to start with, Preet, I would like to you know, ask because a lot of people are confused between what is impact capital, what is venture philanthropy, what is philanthropy, what is CSR? If you could take a minute in, 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 in you know, guiding um, uh, the listeners and clarifying, you know, their doubts at a basic level, what are we really talking about as impact capital? Over to you. Yeah, th thank you, Kapil. First of all, it's a it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate the the opportunity to to speak to your audience. Uh, let me uh, start by explaining a little bit uh, about who we are. Uh, Palladium Impact Capital is an investment bank. Uh, we're a very unique investment bank in that we actually work internationally uh, in impact investing. We're focused specifically on impact investing, but our function really involves. Uh, mobilizing capital from international investors into markets like India, and we work in India specifically as well. Uh, a lot of our clients tend to be U.S. Uh, investors, European investors, and the whole range of um, you know small family offices to foundations uh, to large institutions. We work really with a, a large range of, of investors, and so the question uh, you pose. Uh, tends to be a, a very important question, uh, which is, you know, what what types of capital um, are out there, uh, all under this big realm of, uh, of of this word called impact investing that everyone uses uh, these days. Um, all, you know, multiple types of investors, regardless of the type of money they have, I think they they slap the word impact investor there. So you're right to start with kind of you know what is impact investing, what fall falls under impact investing. The, the range of money that's out there largely is based upon intention of that money. So as you rightly pointed out, there's a, there's a spectrum uh, of intention uh, of people's money. So if you start all the way uh, at the philanthropic capital, you know, the primary intention there is, uh, is, is philanthropy. After that, you have what you call impact first uh, capital where the intention is to make investments uh, that actually do have a return, but where the return is not the primary goal of making the investment, it's actually the philanthropic purpose of, of making the investment. If you keep going along the spectrum, there's just a, an array of further colors. After uh, impact first investments, you actually have financial first uh, investments. Uh, with financial first investments, as the name suggests, uh, impact investors make investments, but their 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 primary motive is to secure a substantial financial return. Uh, but they do that uh, while making sure their investment also has some social impact. But the financial return is the most is the most important piece. If you keep going down the spectrum, there's actually a few more flavors of capital. Uh, people talk about these days in international markets, SRI investing. Uh, and in that case, uh, there is, you know, the, the, there is um, money that is focused specifically on making a return. The, uh, the, the goal is to make a return. The primary goal, just clearly without any doubt, is to make a return. But, um, you know, there is no specific intention to have uh, impact. Uh, rather, the, the goal is to make sure that people are not doing bad things uh, in the world. So, uh, for example, investing in a uh, coal plant that has very kind of detrimental environmental uh, impacts. A lot of the world, a lot of institutional money 
is saying that we are going to start doing SRI investing, which means um, not necessarily investing for, for explicit social impact, but making sure to avoid uh, bad things. And, and you know, along these lines, there is also kind of ESG investing, where you're actually investing in companies that have good social and environmental governance. So there's a little bit of positive intentionality there, and you, and you are staying away from the bad things. So all the way, there's a, there's a full spectrum all the way going from philanthropy, impact first, financial first, ESG, SRI investing, and then at the end you end up with just pure play uh, commercial investing. Uh, but we're obviously hoping that more people will shift now into, if not ESG and SRI, into direct intentional impact investing uh, itself. And that is the goal of our sector. That's the goal of my investment bank. And that's the goal of uh, many of the people who work around us in our ecosystem. Excellent. Uh I think that's a great start uh, uh, to uh, the whole thing and clarifying the doubts uh, in the minds of uh, of the people as to you know what are the different uh, shades of uh, impact uh, money available. Preet, uh, I would love to start at a very macro level uh, 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 as far as uh, impact capital markets are concerned and where they are moving. Uh, especially uh, globally and then with uh, respect to India. Uh, uh, we understand uh, that uh, and there are various reports, various numbers, uh, uh, you know, uh, that is coming across. And uh, there are uh, numbers to the tune of $500 billion required uh, in terms of impact uh, and, uh, you know, philanthropic uh, capital in India. Uh, to alleviate uh, different social issues. And uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, there are enabling regulations also now coming in, uh, not just in India, but, uh, you know, across the world. And uh, given the COVID situation, people uh, want to make an impact, want to see things improve at the grassroots level. How do you see the future of uh, impact capital market, uh, both globally and uh, and then, uh, you know, coming specifically to India. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has it's it's uh, there's no doubt there that there has been massive growth um, in this uh, in this market. I mean, I'll say that India was actually one of the pioneers um, in uh, starting or kicking off this movement uh, around impact investing. You know, back in the early 2000s, going all the way to the you know mid 2000s. I think India did uh, one of the best jobs at pioneering the microfinance model, whereby actual private equity investors could invest in you know, for-profit microfinance institutions and prove that you can actually have both a financial return as well as a social impact. Uh, India had one of the most robust uh, microfinance investing markets uh, and ultimately uh, you know, many other uh, places followed, so Southeast Asia, uh, Africa and, and Latin America was was very kind of robust in this sense uh, as well. And um, after the, the 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 proof that micro the microfinance uh, industry offered that you can make these private equity investments and and have both this you know what we call a double bottom line return, both a financial bottom line and a social bottom line, uh, things started expanding in terms of other sectors. So now. Um, healthcare, you know, you mentioned healthcare at the opening of this um, of, 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 of this session. Uh, that is becoming an, uh, an area with increasing attention. Agribusiness, renewable energy. I think these are all very robust sectors. P 
People are now also doing quite a bit uh, in education, water sanitation, and probably the newest area is uh, climate finance uh, as well. Um, and so the market has broadened in a huge way. The market has deepened in a huge way as many different types of investors have entered the market. Uh, during our microfinance days in, with India and the rest of the world, it was mostly government investors uh, that were leading the way. So uh, people like um, um, the CDC group, you know, the UK's uh, UK government's okay. investment corporation, FMO, Proparco, uh, many of these institutions were, were leading the way. Since I would say uh, since around uh, 2010, we have seen the entrance of a large number of other investors. The last decade has shown just a great deal of progress. Uh, we have actually seen uh, foundations learn how to get away from grant making and actually make uh, investments You know, related to our spectrum. They make uh, impact first investments is, is how they typically label themselves. We have seen uh, family offices, a lot of private wealth, um, uh, private wealth uh, investors make uh, investments. We have seen institutional investors, large insurance companies, other financial services institutions make investments. Uh, we're starting to actually see large pension funds now with massive amounts of capital make uh, make investments. And there's just been a whole range of people who are now entering this space. But uh, we're at a critical juncture uh, now. And uh, you know everyone is now thinking about less how to um, uh, you know, bring in more incremental amounts of uh, philanthropic uh, slash impact capital. And people are asking, how can we tap the mainstream markets? That is the big uh, question that the impact investing industry is uh, is asking. Uh, you know, within these private markets, uh, with people who have an impact intention, uh, there is, you know, billions of dollars of money. As you yourself said, India has uh, mobilized a few billion dollars uh, in the in the last few years. But people are now asking, how can we make that tens of billions and hundreds of billions and maybe even trillions of dollars uh, one day? And the only way to do that is to separate the differentiation between investing, commercial investing and impact investing. I, the idea is to say that one day there will be no impact investing industry, that all investing should actually be uh, you know, keeping kind of the, the social good in mind, and we should separate this thinking about making money and uh, doing doing good for our our world. So that's the I think the the new paradigm that people want to shift uh, towards, and and that brings us to the question: Where is India now uh, in in this uh, kind of juncture of of, of mainstreaming uh, capital markets? You know, I think. Again, India has done uh, has just been a pioneer. They've been a leader uh, in mobilizing capital uh, towards uh, these uh, kind of social impact investment uh, opportunities. We've proven uh, because of our entrepreneurship ecosystems, because they are so strong, we have proven so well that the model works. And we've attracted international investors. We've started to attract uh, domestic Indian investors. Uh, the um, the innovation, the you know the business model innovation that we have proposed that, that we have achieved is really world leading uh, innovation. The problem though now is uh, a lot of people have seen how much money has flown into India uh, and impact investors, the typical, the more philanthropic, the impact first type investors, they are now starting to pull back. They're seeing that India is doing well for itself, that it is already mobilizing great amounts of capital. 
and and their position is that they would actually rather send their money maybe to more uh, difficult regions of the world. Maybe that's Africa, maybe that's Southeast Asia, maybe that's Latin America, the more underserved areas. At the same time, I think the larger European and US institutional money, the, the really large sums of money, they are they're coming at it, coming to India. They're looking at India. They're 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 growing into India, but that growth is very slow. I think that growth will still happen. The very large amounts of money will take a long period of time, I think, to grow because India will still always be an emerging market with emerging market risks. So with philanthropic investors slowing their investments in India, with the very slow growth of uh, institutional money uh, coming into India, the question for India now is how do we sustain our growth of social impact investments? And, and the, uh, the answer to that is making sure that we build better infrastructure, better products, and actually do innovation now in India. I think India has had it very easily because our private equity markets have been so robust. Everyone has just been dumping money into private equity funds. You start a limited, uh, limited life fund, a standard limited life fund, you raise capital, you deploy that. But that model itself is, can, can grow only so much. I think to, to be a little bit critical, I think India has been a little bit slow in terms of innovating, in terms of saying, how can we move into the capital markets? How can we use philanthropic money in a different, more interesting way? Because if we don't use it in a more interesting way, it'll pull out. The philanthropic money will not be investing in the private equity funds uh, in, in, a, in a growing way. So India is at this juncture where we have to think now about how we innovate. And I, I can talk a little bit more about that, uh, Kapil, but we'll hand it back to you to see uh, what, what direction you want to go in from, from here. Excellent uh, uh, points and, uh, you know, uh, tracking the whole uh, journey on impact uh, investing. That brings up uh, on, a, 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 on a couple of issues to talk about. One, uh, obviously, is uh, what needs to be done to enable this yeah. from uh, within India. And, and our, our own prime minister wants uh, the whole country to be Atmadibar. But depend on somebody else from outside. So obviously we have a, a social stock exchange in the making. That's one of the things. Enabling regulations are coming in. Uh, also on the other side, on the supply side, I guess the issues would be when, do, when does India see its first uh, social enterprise unicorn? Mm -hmm. We produced a few private equity based and venture capital based unicorns, world beating unicorns. So when do we see that and what does it need to take that? What's your take uh, on these issues? Yeah, Abil, I, I, I like the fact that you brought up uh, the supply side issue. Uh, you know, you, you brought up, I think, both the supply side and demand side issue. Uh, and, and let me start with the, the supply side, because I think that's very, uh, that's very important. Uh, you know, going back to the last mention I made, uh, India has been very, at least in the impact investing space, that we've been very focused on this, uh, these, these private equity models. Uh, and it's time we expand. Uh, it's time we expand that. And we can learn from international markets uh, in, in this way. You, you know, in, in other markets, I think, uh, you know, because uh, I'll say maybe in the US and, and, and Europe, they have had a little bit of a lead on us in terms of the sophistication of the, the capital markets there. And they have actually started innovating um, in ways that address the, the social good. 
I think it is time for India, because, because we're in already such a strong position, to push our thinking on how we mimic some of the successes in, in other places. So for, you know, for example, you know, one of the things that India can start doing is to build different products outside of these uh, just standard private equity funds. Uh, one of those uh, you know, products could be, for example, uh, sustainable mutual funds. Uh, you know, if we are to actually start mobilizing and accessing large amounts of mainstream capital, we have to build products that are suited to mainstream capital. So actually kind of well diversified, highly liquid products. And the mutual fund industry, I think, is is prime for this. If you look in the United States, uh, there have been sustainable mutual funds for the last several years. So a group called Calvert, for example, has created one. Uh, a group called uh, Paxworld has created one to the point where me with my retirement money in the United States, I can choose these funds uh, to actually put my money into. So the retail investor, the individual investor actually has access now to investments that are, um, uh, you know, provide sustainable opportunities. Uh, India can, you know, we, we have an easy pathway to do that. We have a mutual fund market. We also have a very just kind of uh, a robust and emerging sustainability you know, market as well. And to combine the two, you know, to mimic these successes from from the US would be uh, I think would be would be great. Yes, uh, our social stock exchange as a trading platform. Yes. Discovery and other things can also happen. Yes. Yes. And, and let me ta I'll talk further about the social stock exchange. What I, I think that's an excellent point. Just you know, one more mention is just around uh, going back to capital markets. It's around uh, sustainability bonds. India has already started leading in the green bond space. Uh, I think we're we're very far behind countries like China and some U.S. and European countries, but uh, this is an area where we can start innovating. Actually, putting out products in the capital markets that focus on private sustainability, sustainability of corporations. Uh, I, I think you know the the returns, the yields could be very appealing to investors, and we can tap large amounts of capital through that. So new products is one thing. What you bring up uh, relates to almost new infrastructure with the social stock exchange. Uh, it's it's an interesting proposition because one of the biggest challenges uh, in the uh, the the impact investing markets is actually liquidity, uh, the ability to be able to raise capital and trade. Uh, the you know the ownership of that capital um, you know as of now capital does not have a great amount of difficulty entering uh, opportunities but it has a great amount of difficulty exiting those opportunities. Okay. A social stock exchange would essentially make everything tradable. It would create a secondary market. It would create liquidity. This is the type of infrastructure that India should start pushing itself to innovate on. We are a prime country. Uh, for innovation. We have the, you know, like you're saying, maybe we don't have the biggest unicorn yet, but we have a lot of tiny unicorns. We have a lot of um, companies that do extremely well that are raising, you know, uh, Wall Street capital, other capital, but it's time we just, you know, uh, we, we, we start seeing how can we use those success stories to build better infrastructure uh, in our space and using these companies in a social, social stock exchange setting to be able to trade uh, ownership in these companies or trade financial instruments, I think, is is big. We we should not um, uh, be dishonest with ourselves. The social stock exchange uh, idea is a difficult uh, idea. Um, what you need for a social stock exchange is 
a very efficient rating or valuation system. You have to constantly be able to track how much a company is worth or how um, safe uh, some debt in that company is worth. You know how much the equity is worth or how safe the debt uh, is. And, and that's a very difficult thing to do on a regular basis. You actually have to standardize the social impact that the social stock exchange companies are generating. It's a very difficult problem to do a complete standardization when different companies are working in very different areas. One could have social impact in a, you know, in the water sector. Another can have it in the financial services sector to compare the two. It's a very difficult proposition, but I, you know, that's something we have to try for. And also just this liquidity uh, issue. You know, if you if you buy certain shares in a social uh, company, a, a socially driven company, you know, will the social stock exchange allow you to sell those shares easily to someone else? Because if there's no liquidity, there's no exchange. Uh, and so that's critical. It has to so, be market making. There has to be market making. And so what the social stock exchange is trying to do is actually take all of the core problems of the impact investing world, you know, valuation, impact measurement, liquidity, and try to solve it in one piece. That is not also, an easy I would proposition. Say the issue of transparency as well, uh, Preet, uh, given the way uh, issues have happened, uh, you know, the main headline about Amnesty International and, and, and the way they're spending their money in India. I get yeah. there is a big issue about, you know, foreign, uh, you know, philanthropy or capital, you know, and the transparency in, in terms of the use of purpose. I guess yeah. this should alleviate some of those issues as well. Yeah, yeah. Transparency is not an easy thing to deliver uh, for companies because there's a very high cost of providing transparency to provide reporting, to have audits done. Uh, a lot of social uh, enterprises, uh, whether it's nonprofit organizations or companies, uh, it's a it's a burden for them uh, to be able to uh, constantly report back to investors. So these are a heavy set of challenges. But again, I think India is very well positioned amongst many other countries, very well positioned to prove this on a, on a larger basis. I think what we should not do is try to bite off too much with the social stock exchange. We should not, for example, try to load in every type of company, every type of instrument, uh, seek standardization of impact to the max, seek transparency to the max. You cannot do that at the outset. I think in planning for the social stock exchange, and there's a lot of very capable uh, organizations within India who are working on this now. Uh, Asha Impact, uh, for example, Avishkar, uh, just a number of different uh, a number of different people. I think what they should think about is staging this. You know, can we start with one type of organization? Maybe it's only nonprofit organizations, and maybe it's only debt instruments, loans uh, to nonprofit uh, organizations, and just build it up that way. Uh, or maybe it is uh, it is just a pilot project around equity into for-profit uh, companies or Section 8 companies, whatever the case may be. Or it could be at the fund level. At the you know, the, for example, uh, with AIFs, there's so many fund managers now Correct. in India. Can you do this with AIFs? I think it'll be critical to say what is our starting point. What is the best starting point? How can we start narrow, and how can we prove the model from from there? But I I, I agree with the I think you said the Oxfam CEO that it is a little bit dangerous, but it's it's or or it, it it's it's a little bit difficult, but it's only difficult if you start it in the wrong way. But I think our the the people in India working on it are aware that you should not bite off uh, more than you can chew. Valid point, uh, Preet. Um, 
you know, one of the things that we have been also deliberating, Preet, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the direction and what to include, what not to include, the whole regulation. And of, of, I, I, I would not want to restrict this to just the social stock exchange, but the whole sector per se, the social sector. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> one of the things that uh, uh, we personally have been feeling is, uh, you know, the skill set supply. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have done a good, good, good job, uh, uh, you know, uh, across uh, different, uh, you know, investing, entrepreneurship, staging and, and regulation and whatnot. I think uh, it's time also that we also create a depth around, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, skill sets, uh, you know, to increase uh, both uh, the width as well as the depth of the whole sector per se and and that to at the grassroots level. Yeah. How do and what? How do you feel uh, we can go about it? Secondly, you know, are there any good models uh, that you've seen across the world that we could probably uh, look at and 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 probably you know learn to innovate upon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good question, um, Kapil. Uh, I will say that uh, you know the one thing that is very important uh, with impact investing is that there is a, a, a the impact investing industry in India is that there is a strong distribution of capital. So. Capital is needed all the way from, uh, you know, seed stage investing and angel investing and early stage investing to growth capital, uh, all the way to large private equity, all the way to these uh, capital markets types investments, these large bonds, uh, these mutual funds for equities, uh, the social stock exchange in between to be able to facilitate across um, the, you know, some of these different asset classes. Uh, so the India has always had, I think to your, you know, to your valid point, India has always focused, as mentioned, in this kind of private equity space, and it's it's much money has been coming there. The question becomes, you know, how do you distribute the money uh, across and make sure the right types of money, the philanthropic money is maybe going to the early stage investments or the angel investments, and the big mainstream Indian institutional money is finding its way into buying things like green bonds or uh, sustainability bonds or mutual funds. Uh, for for example, uh, and you're right. The you know the 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 um, the talent piece uh, is very important, uh, right? The the skill sets because people working in the institutional markets, people working in the angel markets, I think everyone needs to understand how to go and access uh, some of this um, impact uh, impact investment money. Um, I think overall it will happen uh, naturally by itself. Uh, but uh, uh, I think you know the way that uh, the industry can simply promote this is sending some of the people now who have been working in impact investing for the last few years in some of our traditional impact investment funds in the low capitals, the the Avishkars, uh, you know, working for Unitas, for example, they should start going and hopefully finding themselves in uh, the capital markets uh, arena to actually kind of push their experiences into other other places. It's uh, it's already starting to happen. I think a few, um, you know, we, we see a lot of talent coming in and out of this uh, impact investing space. I think what will happen over time is more and more people will spend time working in impact investing. They will find themselves elsewhere. 
and uh, and and we will bring our experiences here. And 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 I think just through the the distribution and the the um, uh, the spreading out of people, I think awareness will spread into different uh, areas of, of of investing. And hopefully, we really find more people working in the institutional world that have had impact uh, investing experience. And I, I think that will change things. And you you see that. Uh, here in the United States, uh, for for example, uh, people now, um, if you go to a global impact investment investment network conference, you actually have people from, um, you know, BlackRock, uh, one of the world's largest asset managers, all right. KKR, all of these different, uh, you know, UBS and and their you know their actual private mar uh, uh, capital markets people interacting with people like me. Who are really just limited to the impact investing space, and now we're starting to share ideas, knowledge. We are no longer two separate sectors as such. We're actually starting to commingle. Uh, you know, you will see that the chairman of the the board of the Global Impact Investing Network now comes from Prudential. He's you know the the the, the chairman of uh, of Prudential, and so now we are seeing people from the 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 commercial space enter our space. We are seeing people from our space enter the other space, um, all in kind of the United States and Europe, and, and this should happen in India. I think it is starting to happen, but hopefully this commingling of people itself will breed more cooperation, collaboration, and really it'll bring impact investing to the mainstream and mainstream to uh, to impact investing. That's the, that's the hope. One quick question from the audience. Uh, you know, we have had this SKS microfinance camp uh, you know, we started uh, talking about microfinance and, you know, we had a couple of private equity and then it went uh, public and then, you know, this whole issue. How do we avoid such, uh, you know, miscarriages in this whole journey to build up, uh, you know, an impact capital market in India? Uh, have there been certain experiences like the Lehman type of crisis that, uh, you know, you've seen in, in, in impact capital markets abroad and, you know, how was that plugged? What has been the experience? Because people on the ground have have got spooked around yeah. microfinance after after the advent of you know SKS uh, you know fraud and you know all, all whatever has happened. What's your take on that issue? Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, uh, I have not seen a Lehman like uh, <laughs> you know uh, Lehman like um, what would you call it a a implosion uh, uh, yet in the uh, international uh, markets, but uh, you know the the issue I think or the answer to this is is quite simple. It, it, this is very much about uh, as you yourself mentioned, uh, Kapil, transparency and and good governance. Uh, the you know the the positive around this is that transparency uh, or at least you know I, I'll say good governance and and open transparency is generally free. Uh, it's you know at least good governance is is a is is free. Uh, in terms of there's no big cost with good uh, good good governance, and I think this is uh, this it's a, it's an important and interesting point you're bringing up because this is an area that impact investing also needs to uh, to to take up. So you know being impactful is not only about saying driving a company to reach more of the underserved population. Uh, impact investors also have to see themselves as people who are going to foster good governance. Uh, within uh, with, within companies, and you know, thankfully, uh, I think till now the 
those those large government investors, CDC, FMO, Proparco, they've always been very, very strong uh, on on good governance. So I think with their entry into the sector, they've you know they they've done well. Now it's also time for other people to make sure they're just as strong um, on 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 good governance. Uh, you know, making sure that uh, boards are actually functional. Uh, that they're actually uh, active, that they are actually participating in the company's operations, that there's actually good systems, there's no conflicts of interest. Uh, these sort of things, it's very easy to ignore these, um, you know, the, these types of good practices. Uh, and so it's very important, I think, for the, you know, rightly as you're saying, because there can be easily be mistrust. If there's, you know, if if there's a few more SKSs, that can bring the sector back by five years. Uh, it can heavily slow down the, the 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 growth of the sector. So, not only I think it's a, it's an excellent question. Not only is it important to bring more capital, but make sure that capital is deployed in a very very responsible uh, way. I think overall, investors are paying attention to this. Investment managers are paying attention to this, especially international in, in, uh, investment managers coming into India. Uh, I, I think a lot of them, um, because there is emerging market risk. Uh, in these countries, they do promote uh, good governance. And so uh, I know what happened with SKS was, um, it, it, you know, it, it was a very, it was a little bit detrimental for the for the industry, but um, we should also acknowledge that we have had many other SKSs. We've had, you know, dozens and dozens of other companies in other sectors. And uh, we've, we, we've seen also just a lot of um, positive transformations in those companies, uh, better boards, uh, better governance, better transparency in a lot of com uh, companies. So we should also acknowledge that the impact investing sector has had a positive governance effect uh, on, on many companies as well. Uh, let me uh, just touch a little bit about, you know, innovation. Yeah. And fine tuning the product uh, to the needs of the impact sector or the social yeah. impact sector. You see, uh, uh, one of the motivations we started uh, doing our REIT was providing perpetual capital to the healthcare industry, unlike a private equity which has a, a certain tenure, limited tenure, and you know, it's a long gestational industry, uh, building a, you know infrastructure on the ground. Similarly, you know, you know, social impact and transformation takes a hell of a long time and needs a lot of patient capital. Mm -hmm. uh, very recently, you know, there is a private equity fund which is uh, a very long tenured uh, fund of 25, 30 years. We're seeing that innovation happening. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, both uh, the investors and the investee don't have the pressure and are able to deliver the right growth and, and 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 you know not under you know undue influence of the investors to you know miscalculate and and you know misjudge you know the growth of the of the enterprise do you see some uh, such uh, you know innovation on products and 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 and, and, and investments uh, also likely to happen in the future as we are talking about future of impact capital is it also going to happen and is it going to be also custom made to the needs of uh, the social enterprises? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, uh, Kapil, this is an excellent, uh, another excellent question uh, from you. And I, here I would say India in its impact investing sector can do a little bit more work. 
I, I think because we have had um, so much capital flow to us, again, and I, I know I'm repeating this, but in the private equity world, uh, we, we've had uh, so much money uh, come in in a relatively easy fashion uh, because we've done well. We've had a robust sector. I think we've become a little bit lazy uh, on uh, mobilizing capital, more kind of patient capital, as you're saying, more flexible capital, uh, because there are a large range of enterprises out there, nonprofits, companies that may not produce spectacular financial returns, but they will produce some returns and they will have very strong social impact. And so the impact investing sector is just not only about sending more money to private equity funds and generating higher returns with some social impact on the side. We have to make sure the distribution of capital is even. That capital is coming into these other, uh, as you're almost implying, impact first uh, enterprises. And it, it does take innovation. Uh, innovation in structuring, exactly as you're describing, uh, to be able to bring money into those, uh, those other kind of less underserved um, impact uh, capital uh, sectors. And so what are some of the things that people have been uh, playing with? I, I will say that one, 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 one thing that um, has been uh, experimented with is, is open-ended vehicles, uh, for, for example. Uh, but they have always been a little bit challenging because there is no impetus to uh, provide an exit. You know, as you described kind of when you just started, uh, opened the question, uh, perpetual capital is very unattractive uh, to investors for understandable reasons. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, people have, I think, put that innovation aside a little bit on um, in, in, um, in, in the impact investing industry. But the new, I think the new space uh, that um, in other parts of, of the world have, have been coming up in a big way is blended finance. Essentially, uh, mixing uh, private capital and return-seeking capital with more philanthropic capital. You've seen these models do very well in places where it needs to do well. So across the continent of Africa, for example, Africa often in many sectors doesn't quite have the same financial performance that the that that Indian companies show. And so they've had to get more creative. They've actually been forced to uh, forced to innovate. And so in a way, you see more of these blended structures, more of these creative structures, whereby, for example, in one fund, you will have a double layer structure where there will be a philanthropic investor and a um, uh, a, a more private or more commercial Rent investor and for profit more for profit investor. investor combined where the capital is actually combined in one structure and and different layers or different um, uh, uh, yes yeah, segments of capital will have different risk return profiles essentially where the uh, philanthropic investor will take more risk. Uh, but in taking more risk and uh, and mitigating the risk for a commercial investor, they will bring that commercial investor's money in, which will expand the social impact. So the philanthropic investor wins because they're mobilizing more capital for the social impact. The commercial investor wins because they are receiving a reduced risk profile. Uh, so this type of innovation has been happening uh, kind of across the world. But you see it a little bit less in India because, again, we've we've had it easy. We've you know everyone we're we're the darling of the private equity uh, uh, suppliers uh, world. So you know everyone wants to just give us the money, give us private equity, and we haven't started to blend capital, for example, and do the tough work around blending and do creative structures. But we have so much potential. Uh, you know, just the other day there was an enterprise that said, 
you know, we make, uh, they, they came to me, they're, they're based out of Hyderabad. They said, you know, we make 5% returns, but we impact thousands and thousands of farmers and we have the ability to scale. The, the scale will be there, but only at 5% returns. How do we bring more money? You know, how do we use a blended finance model? And honestly, in India, there's leave there being blended money there's a lack of awareness around blended finance uh, uh, models. I was at a conference um, recently and a very successful um, Indian impact investment uh, fund manager in the agriculture space. He wasn't even sure what uh, blended finance exactly was, whereas, you know, this was the main topic uh, of discussion in, you know, in, in US conferences and European conferences. So India still has, uh, for, for some reason, I think we have to go back and make sure that we are innovating as well. And we're starting to uh, to bring in these these different structures. I mean, a lot of the philanthropic investors who are interested in India, they they help to uh, launch our impact investing industry. But now that they're seeing it's so competitive, it's so robust, they're actually pulling back out. We should bring them back in by saying we can actually give you a new opportunity in blended finance to bring your philanthropic money back into India to have deeper impact. And that we need to go back and say let's let's start innovating again because the job is not done. The job is far from done and we have to improve our distribution of capital. We just cannot sit tightly with this private equity money, um, this, this impact private equity money, this financial first impact private equity money that comes so naturally uh, to us. I think uh, Preet, uh, excellent points there uh, for us and the audience to take away. Uh, Preet, uh, I wanna ask you a few personal questions. I'm sure you know it's going to motivate a lot of people who are also wanting a career in in this space uh, as well, right? So, Preet, uh, you know what what's what's your prime motivation to be in this sector and, and and doing this thing? You know, what what makes you tick? You know, why did you come into this sector? Unlike what you mentioned, you know, somebody in the agri and he didn't even know and he didn't want to even or didn't even upskill himself to know that there is something called blended finance and he could risk mitigate to invest into the agri sector uh, from his fund. So, you know, <clears throat> what's what drives you? And I think yeah. that's uh, and what's what motivates you to be an impact investor yeah. and be yeah. in this sector. When I first joined Low Capital, it was simply about a career curiosity. This was back in 2007, so 13 years ago. Uh, this was something that was just a little career experiment. I thought nothing of it. I thought I would spend a short amount of time doing this and then maybe go try to work for the World Bank or something. Um, this whole you know, investing space, the social investing space, we called it back then, the word impact investing had not even been coined. It was just called social investing. Okay. Uh, it was still all a big experiment. Um, but I mean, what I would tell everyone is, you know, once you come and be a part of this movement, uh, it is very difficult to go back. You know what? Um, what? What makes me tick in this space? Uh, uh, you know, Kapil, the the once you start seeing the social impact. You know, once you actually you, you know you actually put aside the the financial structures, the term sheets, the shareholders agreements, and you actually go and see what's happening on the ground. You actually go spend time with you know whether it's microfinance institutions, agri businesses healthcare um, devices, anything. Once you see the innovation that's happening, you will never find a more exciting space um, than this. The, the innovation is happening 
um, both on the ground uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know the, the the types of business models that are arising. The innovation is happening at the financial level. The innovation is happening at the ecosystem level. You know, different players are coming in. You know, investment banks such as us are setting up. Uh, you're seeing um, rating agencies coming up and playing the space. You're seeing mutual funds try to uh, innovate. BlackRock is asking what they can do. Uh, the ecosystem level is changing. The structures are changing. As we said, now blended finance is, is, is coming up. We're thinking about social, you know, the social stock exchange. Uh, we're thinking about new types of outcomes-based pricing on sustainability bonds. There's just a massive amount there. And then you're, and then the healthcare business models, the agri models, the financial services models, the fintech models, the agri-tech models, uh, what's happening in forestry now, what's happening in uh, blue bonds and oceans. Uh, it is, I mean, it's, it, it's just amazing, right? It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to see the innovation and to have if you just come and taste this career, if anyone just comes and tastes it, to be able to step back and then go do your job in commercial private equity markets or you know wherever the case may be, it's just unfulfilling. There's once you come in, I don't know, you know, it's it's very difficult to step out. Um, and and so what is my motivation? I mean, my motivation is I I could never go back. I I just don't have a choice. I can never go back uh, to working in the commercial world after seeing the excitement and the impact uh, that's here in in this world. So. And, and the interesting thing and the important thing to tell everyone is, uh, you know, when I first joined Low Capital, we, you know, this this industry would pay like the, you know, compensation wise, like the nonprofit industry, uh, right. maybe in some cases, not even that, you know, not even that much. But we've come such a way that you can actually have a um, kind of, you know, the the the, the compensation, the, you know, the, the actual kind of um, career experience uh, and, and uh, your lifestyle is actually there's no compromise needed uh, anymore. And, and so just from a personal point of view, it's it's all just um, personally, professionally, it's it's uh, all extremely workable and it's extremely attractive. That's a very powerful message, uh, uh, Preet, uh, to people who, who have doubts. And that is the reason of uh, me asking about, you know, the skill supply, you know, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's just the label, the the, the perception issue uh, around, you know, this whole sector and uh, investing in this sector. I guess uh, that's a very powerful message. And uh, I think you've cleared a lot of apprehensions or a lot of, you know, young uh, budding uh, uh, people who want to enter this sector uh, as well. Uh, Preet, I before uh, we wind up and uh, we summarize, um, I would love to kind of get your take on on uh, what's going to happen. This 500 billion requirement uh, in India, are we going to really meet it in the next uh, five years or ten years, whatever these uh, you know reports are talking about, or? It's just uh, again, you know, it's a report and then these numbers have been done, but you know, there's no grounds up uh, reality check to these numbers yeah. by various, you know, you know, think tanks and all these organizations. Where do you think uh, is the reality check uh, for us in the future? Yeah, yeah, a couple of you are asking difficult questions, but I my perspective is uh, very optimistic. I think we will meet it. If you um, if you look back in 2000, 2007, 2008, 
there were a lot of funds that were, you know, $25 million in size, $30 million in size. You look maybe five years later, those were 50 million, 75 million, $100 million funds. Uh, if you look uh, now, uh, you're actually seeing some funds, you know, like Leapfrog Investments, they're raising hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, our, our industry is no longer niche. It has already now started to pick up momentum and it's picking up massive uh, momentum. So numbers that we would have never imagined in 2007, 2008, we're hitting those numbers. So, you know, people are starting almost nearing, you know, it's very niche, but billion dollar funds. People like KKR, um, people like um, uh, uh, Temasek, uh, all of these large, uh, these these large private equity people, you know, uh, 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 TPG uh, has started an impact investment fund. Okay. They're all getting in with massive amounts of money now. And if you attended, if anyone here, uh, you know, uh, attended the GSG summit, a, a kind of a major flagship impact investing conference, the CEOs of Many large companies are coming and speaking. You know, have you have Danone, for example, talking about how you have to live and breathe impact. This this can no longer be a niche sector, and so you're actually now having the leaders of the world uh, talk about impact investing. You're having the leading private equity funds set up impact investment funds. You're having uh, people uh, who own mutual funds now set up impact-oriented mutual funds, and so we are already edging into the commercial world. We're already starting to pull them in. It's just a matter of time, um, Kapil. Uh, I think it takes a little more innovation, a little more persistence, a little more, like you said, co-mingling of skill sets. And, and it, we will stop the separation between the impact investment industry and commercial industry. I think we will start co-mingling and we will all slowly become one in the next 10 years. I, 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 I don't think we're very far off. So my, my outlook is very optimistic. So actually, that brings us uh, back to the point. I think uh, the future is that, uh, you know, there won't be this whole dividing lines uh, between, you know, commercial impact and, you know, all the shades of uh, impact uh, maybe in future. And perhaps uh, there would be a divorce of only investing, you know, social and mm -hmm. for profit. And maybe in 10 years time, the way the world is moving and uh, we uh, uh, things are moving uh, and people are opening up their pockets. Preet, yeah. uh, it's really a pleasure. We, I'm, I'm afraid we've come to towards the end of our talk. Uh, it's really been a pleasure, uh, you know, engaging and talking to you on, on the show. Uh, before we leave, uh, any parting comments, uh, Preet, from your side? No, the the only thing is, you know, hopefully um, the you know all of the young members of the, of the audience are listening to this, and as they're thinking about their careers, they're thinking about impact investing. Uh, I think the future generation is the key to uh, removing this distinction between commercial investing and impact investing. All investments should become an impact investment, and it is up to kind of the youngest people entering the workforce now to make that happen. So hopefully they're listening. Uh, they hear this and I'm always there if anyone wants to connect uh, on LinkedIn or otherwise to, to talk more about the industry. Preet, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you uh, and a real insightful talk. Uh, 
uh, and as well as you know given your, the depth of your experience uh, it's been uh, fairly valuable to the audience uh, that we had live today and as we grow uh, across uh, to our podcast uh, audiences and listeners across the world uh, I really need to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart and uh, my friend Lysander who connected us uh, together uh, and uh, over the last few weeks that we have been interacting, um, I got to know a lot more uh, in depth uh, about you and the work you have done. It really impressed me a lot. Um, I'm a novice, you know, I just uh, focus on health, education and a couple of sectors. Uh, but what you have brought uh, horizontally across uh, both the east and the west side of experience on the talk has been very motivating. I need to thank you. Uh, and before we sign off, uh, I would love to just make uh, our audiences aware. Uh, our website www.kapilkandelwal.com uh, keeps coming up with uh, announcements on our future podcasts and our recordings. So I would urge you to visit and look at all the material available. Uh, please feel free to write back to us and provide your feedback. Uh, with this, uh, we sign off with another episode of uh, Quote Unquote with KK. Thank you so much, uh, Preet, uh, for a really engaging talk and very motivating uh, for the people looking forward to this industry. Really blossom. Have a nice day. It was a true day. pleasure, Kabil. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.